Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. That's the name of this show, Today's Issues, live radio here. And we appreciate you joining us. Uh, Ed Vitagliano in studio with me. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Fred Jackson. Yes, good morning, Tim. Uh, and uh, folks, uh, if you want to join us on what Ed calls that there internet, you go to Facebook or YouTube and you type in Today's Issues. And you can watch the live video stream of our show. You can also access the stories that we talk about as Brent uh, Creeley, our producer, posts them on the Facebook page for today's issues. Don't forget, like in another month or six weeks or so, we're going to have our own live video streaming service that we own and operate. So that if we ever say the word ivermectin, (laughs) we don't get banned from big social media companies because they freak out. Yeah, uh, and that's ha- actually happened. That happened. Yeah, <laughs> happened. Vimeo, I think. Vimeo. It was. Yeah, they they banned our video. We use the I, we use the I word. Yes, in which we were talk discussing, right? Big socials tendency to ban videos that talk about ivermectin. Yes, and then big social banned <laughs> us for talking about it. And it, they took oh, them about the ten irony. minutes. Took them about ten minutes. <laughs> we we triggered some kind of algorithm. Unless they had somebody devoted to listening to today's issues to see if we use the word ivermectin, which I don't think that I be. tend to doubt that. Yeah, but it, I'm, I'm I'm sure it was the algorithm, yeah. which to me, you know, sounds like a dystopian science fiction movie. Doesn't it though? The algorithms after you, <laughs> doesn't it? Yes, the, the algorithm hunted me good, down. I would watch that movie down alleyways. I finally the al- escaped. The algorithms after us all. Uh, all right, so a lot to talk about today. Uh, Stephen Bolt will be with us, too, later in the program. Stephen is from Nashville, drove down to be with us on the program today. He is a, he, in his uh, career, was a world-class athlete, a long-distance runner, almost made the Olympic uh, uh, trials, which could have led to an Olympic appearance, but, but a lot of life lessons in his new book called It's More Than Just a Race. And uh, he's going to be with us uh, today. No, no, wait a second. So we're we're going to be talking to Stephen Bolt. Yeah, I thought we we're going to have John Bolton on. John Bolton. That's why I came. No, the singer. no, we're not having him. That's not his name. You're thinking <laughs> about an ambassador. Remember that? Oh, what's you the got singer's? it mixed up? What's the singer's name? Michael Michael Bolt. Bolton. Well, that joke Michael, just went completely. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> no. That joke was so disjointed. I think it'll appear on an algorithm somewhere. We'll be banned. Oh, I, I Somebody will ban one. us. I'm so embarrassed. It's yeah. pathetic <laughs> that I didn't even know who Michael Bolton was. We're going to leave you out there to that patheticism because Fred and I have nothing I had, to do with that. I had this that. image of former ambassador John Bolton. He's got a new single out. Right. <laughs> Singing. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm picturing John Bolton, and I'm just seeing him. Yeah. On a stage I, with I, with adoring I'm, fans, he, he's got to be country and western though. <laughs> Put a cowboy hat on Bolton with that yeah. mustache. Okay, can uh, we start the show over? Have he, Sam Elliott <laughs> playing bass. He, he's he's got a new he got uh, a band a new right rendition there. of "Thank God" and Greyhound. She's gone. <laughs> you remember what? that song? I'm a blushing, rendition man. of what now? I'm Thank myself. God and Greyhound. She's gone. That was. A, <laughs> I know you can't that. get any more country than that. 
I had to do six hours of country music in my early days in this radio business. And we that had, song was one of them? Thank God and Greyhound, she's gone. <laughs> Never sang, heard of that. Who sang that? That's, that's awesome. I'm not sure who it was. It starts off like he's really melancholy. Yeah. You know, that yeah. having troubles with the marriage. And, right. And uh, it's so bad. Yeah. So I, you know, she wants to leave me, so I take her down <laughs> to the Greyhound station and then it breaks into this upbeat. Thank God, the Greyhound, she's gone. <laughs> now, folks who are listening, yeah, I know there's yeah, there's two percent of you right. who are going to email and say, "So, Fred Jackson's in favor of divorce." Right? No, got no. it. Oh, no. Don't do that, please. I'm just depicting country western music, right? Yeah. What it is. yeah, back in the day. Back uh, in the day, I think there's still a lot of stories in that genre, uh, even today. All right, uh, Fred, what's happening? Must watch TV today. All right. What is that, Fred? President Joe Biden is going to hold no, a news conference, very rare news conference today to celebrate his his first year in office and all his accomplishments. Are you, are you serious? Because he doesn't do, he's done one. No, he's holding a news conference today. That's what Where calling. he is going to field questions himself well, this afternoon. He's He's got okay. a list and he's checking it twice uh, oh, of yeah. the reporters. Of who to call on. Oh, yeah. I. Can we make a prediction? First one, NPR, CNN, yeah. Yeah. NBC, CBS, ABC. Yeah. And then maybe all, all maybe Fox. But when he goes to Peter, uh, Peter, Fox, Ducey. Peter Ducey at Fox, he'll probably preface it by saying, well, this is going to be a doozy. Cause du- or a doozy. <laughs> or a doozy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, he, he does that yeah. quite quite often. Yeah. But but let's take well, a look. Can, can I tell you one other tactic that they use, and maybe this is used across all political parties, I don't know, but a tactic that uh, Jen Psaki, the spokesperson for Biden, is using often, mm. and Biden himself may use today, is what they'll do is they'll say they'll they'll field a question, and most of those questions are going to be, what kind of ice cream do you like today, Mr. President? You know, you're so wonderful. We love your policies. Right. How can we help you? That's what they're saying, you know, went, went in code. Mm-hmm. You'll have a couple, maybe New York Post, Fox News may ask a hard question. That's generally how it's been going mm-hmm. with Jen Psaki and now Biden. But the tactic they will use, watch and see if this doesn't happen today, if Biden can remember to do it. And that is uh, feel the question. <clears throat> Don't answer the question specifically that's asked, then when the person says, but you didn't answer my question or I have a follow-up, then you say, I just answered your question next. Yes. It's, it's, uh, is that in debate? Is that taught in debate school, Ed? I mean, oh, that kind of- yes. If you don't want to answer a question, right. You find a way to deflect, you make an assertion about it, or you throw, you throw the, uh, other person on the defensive, you know, by okay. making an accusation then the questioner has to defend himself, and then you say, we don't have time. I've already answered your question. Let's move but on. Even though Jen Psaki does it every day. Well, that's part, that's she, part of it. She, if she asks a hard question, she won't answer it. She doesn't have an answer. and then, But she comes back with, I've just answered your question. Yes. Yep. But the what, if, what should be out in the balloon by the head in a comic strip should <laughs> yeah. be, uh, I've just answered your question without answering your question at all. Because mm-hmm. I can't answer your question. Which would be also a good country song. Yes. I'm thinking. Huh? Yeah. Put we'll those lines it. together right there. Yeah. But here's right. here's a montage of the promises that uh, candidate Joe Biden made in 2020. Have a listen 
and we'll see, well, maybe we'll get to grade him right here. Cut number two. If I were president today, the country would be safer and we've seen a lot less violence. If I were president, my language would be less divisive. If I get elected president, free college education for four years of college. You'll actually see your standard of living go up and your costs go down. We're going to make trade. <laughs> trade tragedy fights for every American worker and every American job. I will stand up to China's trade abuses and I will invest in the American worker. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. So, well, I think we're batting about uh, <laughs> 150, maybe. How about, and that's how generous. About, how about this? Wrong. <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> he didn't do any of that. Nope. No, he never, he never had a plan to. He just threw it out there, hoping, hoping somebody believe it. <laughs> Huh? You know what he? You know what all those promises remind me of? What? Something that we all remember. High school, election time comes around for class yeah. offices. You know, I'm running for president of the student body. Mm -hmm. I guarantee we won't have class on Friday. <laughs> I guarantee steak for lunch. I guarantee you have right. uh, snack machines where you can buy French fries and free. milkshakes. It'll be free. And the and the principal and all the the teachers are sitting there going, you can't do any of that. Right, right, right. That that shut down the virus is classic though. There, it, it he's is. not going to shut down the country. No. Huh? No. Pause. 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 I'm yeah. going to shut down the virus. Yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that came to back to bite him in the backside, which is also yeah. a great country line. Yes. Um, huh? <laughs> Am I right? We got all right. Think. So all right. So we got uh, we got. President Biden this afternoon, live uh, for the second time that I maybe, maybe in a year, he's actually going to field questions from reporters. We'll see how that goes. He, you know, he has bad days and better days. You know, and I guess if you're the White House, you just hope it's a better day. In terms of him uh, being able to articulate, process questions, uh, answer on his feet, he he used to be very good at that. Biden right. did his whole career, all those things. Uh, he was very good at, uh, but now not so much. Well, he his staff must think that, uh, President Biden, you can't do any worse than you're doing right now. Well, We've got to get you out there. We've got to have Joe Biden 2.0. We've got to have some sort of a reset. You've got to get the opinions of the American people onto a more optimistic, positive track when it comes to you, so it's worth the risk. That's right. got, to me, that's got to be what they're thinking. Yeah, it can't get any worse. Can't get any uh, we worse. Bo we're bottoming out on terms of right. numbers uh, and people's uh, approval rating. So, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I think they're hoping, and, and the mainstream media will, will comply. Oh, they'll, yeah. They'll spin it positively. Uh, I mean, I, the Associated Press has been putting out some political obituaries on uh, on various democrat politicians yeah. and it's all positive you know joe but, biden uh has things he can celebrate i mean that's part of the headline there so he knows he's got the mainstream media but you know what he can't fool the american people you know the, no. the recent gallup poll is showing this a 14 point flip between democrats and republicans in the last year gallup uh, interviewed 12,000 people Huge poll. Right. You're talking about the generic question. Yeah. Um, which party for? do you? Yes. You know, a year ago, nine point lead for Democrats. Today, it's a five point lead for Republicans. 
the American people are not being fooled. There's going to be somebody assigned on the White House team this afternoon while the Biden is doing his live press conference, which they would hope could be delayed by seven seconds. So that, the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. So that they could cut it if he does, if he really cut royally up. messes up. Yeah. But there's got to be somebody, and I don't know how atheists pray. Huh? I don't know exactly how that happens, but they're going to be praying in the atheist way <clears throat> that he doesn't call Vice President Harris President Biden again this afternoon. Well, President Harris, yes. Yeah. I mean, President Harris. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's done that three or four times in the last few I think months. It's four times. And if he comes out with President Harris during a live national press conference this afternoon, that will be the lead. And I don't care how much CNN tries to cover it up. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, but like you said, guys, I think they're just saying, hey, we got nowhere to go but up. In our numbers, right. so you need to get out there and Joe and, and uh, President Biden and, and uh, do your thing. Mm-hmm. And the problem is we don't know what the what what the thing's going to be. Well, one last comment about what Fred said, and Fred, you may have some more stories on the the speech coming up, but the, or the press conference. But when you said the, he's not fooling the American people, he, here's why he's not, because the American people are paying more at the gas pump. Yes. They're paying more to heat their homes. Mm -hmm. They're paying more at the grocery store when there are items on the shelves. Mm -hmm. So those kinds of things uh, drive home to the American people that we are not on the right track. Right. And as we've said on the show, rightly or wrongly, the president gets more credit when things go well than he probably should. The president also gets more blame when things don't go as well. But that's just the way... It, the chips well, fall, and it, and it, and they were going to blame Joe but Biden. But it compounds when you make a bunch of promises. Yes. Uh, and then you deliver on none of them. Yeah. I mean, he and is, just the opposite. He is sw- he is swung and missed. Yeah. Uh, he should be on the bench right now. Right. I mean, he's got so many swings. Swings. I don't think you can have a swung. But you get the idea. Next story, Fred. Well, uh, kind of long. I, I think if you uh, the early part of that montage from Biden, it was basically who's going to bring peace to the country. Mm-hmm. Well, the country is not at peace. One of the things that that has Americans very upset is the violence that we're seeing on our streets. Out oh there. yeah. And this latest case uh, out of California, uh, where this dear lo- young lady, Brianna Comfort, is her name. She was working at a furniture store. In Los, in, in Los Angeles in a nice neighborhood. In a this very nice three neighborhood. Three days ago, I think. This guy comes in and he stabs her to death. And what we're finding out, we now know his name. This morning on Fox, and listen to this, folks. He, he's out on the $1,000 bond, this guy. They haven't captured him yet. But they showed a, a 12... Uh, what's I'm uh, mug shots. Mug shots. 12 yeah, mug different shots. different arrests. Since 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Started in Charleston. Yeah. And all the way to Los Angeles. They're all trying to get this guy. You know, uh, Brianna's. If I could say one thing sure. about this, Fred, uh, this wasn't a, a, a robbery gone bad. No. This wasn't a uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, heat of the moment, crime of passion. This was a man in his 30s. Mm-hmm. Now, 30, he, he, 31. Uh, uh, might I say he's been alleged, but they got video. Yes. Okay. He, he 
They said he was homeless. He goes into a furniture store, a small-looking furniture store to me, but it's high-end, they say, as furniture goes. This young 24-year-old girl, young lady, is working by herself. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's why in Los Angeles you would ever leave a female by themselves. Well, they usually have two employees on the floor at the same time. It was kind of an unusual yeah, situation. Maybe somebody was out sick or something. I don't know, but uh, this guy goes in and murders this girl with a knife, mm-hmm. slashes her, and there was no there, there's no motive. No. There, it was just satanic yep. attack on this young lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he walks out, if you believe that's him, and mm-hmm. it looks and walks down the street and goes into a convenience store yep. and casually goes about his business. Yep. Buys a vape pen. But the point here is there's a couple points here is uh, violent crime is on the rise, especially in big city America everywhere yes and i don't know what defines out of control but i just gotta it it, it just seems like to me it's out of control because there's a few reasons here and they're and they're all it's all because of left-wing ideology Mm -hmm. that's the reason for this if these people who live in these big cities don't wake up and start supporting their police departments and start uh, electing district attorneys that are going to put people in prison and put them away this kind of stuff is only going to get worse. Yes. Uh, violent crime is spiraling mm-hmm. out of control. I read yesterday in Philadelphia, they've had 85 carjackings yeah. since January 1st. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do. They're carjacking people in the middle of the day, yeah. broad daylight. Get out of your car. Yep. Uh, some people are shooting back, by the way. Yep. I'm just saying mm-hmm. this violent crime is getting out of control and, and, uh, especially in big cities. Go ahead, Fred. Well, Brianna Comfer's dad was interviewed. It was a very gripping uh, interview on Fox yesterday. I want to play you a little bit of that interview, and this is his assessment of what's going on in the country. To your point, Tim, it's cut number nine. I'm not blaming anybody by name. I blame what's endemic in our society right now is that everybody seems to be oriented on giving back rights and bestowing favor on people that rob others of their rights. We should be celebrating the good in people and trying to recognize that that's the job they have is to try to elevate that, to make communities better, to make people care more, to not tear down communities by exposing them to people that are falling out the bottom that really don't care about the other human beings and just think they can do whatever they like in our society. And they are doing it more and more in every community. Yeah. He says, we're giving rights to people like this guy who is out on a thousand dollars bond. He's got over 10 years of mug shots because he's been uh, in trouble with the police and we're taking the rights away from innocent people, people being attacked. There's another case just a few days ago in Los Angeles, a 70-year-old woman at a Los Angeles bus stop. Guy comes up and just attacks her. 70 yeah. years old. Yeah. And then we've had these incidents in New York oh, it's every, over It's and every over day again. in New York, people being pushed into subways, uh, carjacking. And, and uh, these, these people are, uh, these criminals are pushing their 
their actions out into the suburbs. Now we heard about that going on in Chicago. So there are three things, the two things I already mentioned. You better support your police department and you better increase their their authority their and their prevalence. Not defund the police, which is insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, or And you better elect mayors and district attorneys that are law enforcement, pro-law enforcement. Yeah. And third, the marriage and family and fathers and homes is going to have to be restored in the black community. There is uh, 2% of the public now are committing 50% of the violent crimes and homicides. Am I right? Yeah, you're you're estimating the uh, percentage of young black males at 2%. The, The young black male demographic between 15 and like 35 are committing over 50% of the violent crimes. Yep. So until the black family is restored and they start saying, we got to have our fathers back in our home, we can't have 73% of our kids born out of wedlock, which leads to the mom being in poverty because she drops out of school, which leads to the kids, especially the males, getting involved in criminal activity and gang activity. Until that changes... We're going to continue to see this day after day after day in our country. And as I've said before, this is not a racial thing. This is not an ethnic thing. Um, by that I mean if you had 73% of white uh, da- uh, children born with no dads in the home, you would have the same thing going on. Right. Okay? So it's, it's, a, it's environmental, but it's because when you got 73% of your children – especially the young males who have no father figure, this is what happens, yeah. sadly. And it's just frustrating to see day after day after day, and you're going, what is going on with young African-American males? Why, why are they committing so many of these crimes? And, Ed, any thoughts on what yeah, I just shared? Yeah, listen, I, I think that's exactly right. There's got you, you can only have a certain number of explanations there may be some overlap, but only three come to mind. Explanations for the statistic that you just brought out. Okay, you can say you can use a racist explanation and say it's genetic that young black men are more violent than everybody else. That's why they're doing it. I don't know anyone who has that belief except for you know the the, the handfuls of white supremacists that exist out there. You can say number two, it's all because of poverty. And they don't have jobs, so that's why they're acting out against society. Or you can say it is what you said. You can say it is because of the breakdown of the family. And they're growing up without the guidance from a male. Their biological father is not there to instill the values and teach them how to interact with other people and interact with society. That's especially as as kids grow up. And especially as young men grow up, that's where dads become critical because young you, you turn from a child into a young man, an yes. adolescent. Yes. You have to have a dad saying, no, son, you got to, this, right. this is the way you behave as You don't a man. talk to your mother like you that. You don't yeah. talk to your mother like that. You're going to get a job. I'm sorry you're disappointed. You're going to stay in school. You're going to study. That's right. I'm uh, you're going to obey dis- the rules. I'm sorry you're disappointed. You're going to get an education. Right. <laughs> but you, Ed, I, I 
completely agree with what Ed is saying, but I think there's one more facet to this, and that is our culture, our society, is not holding them accountable for their actions. That, well, that's this guy true. in Los Angeles, eleven years of mugshots, yes. and yes. again, this is the this is the suspect. Yeah, this, yeah. the suspect. Alleged. But no, well, well, look, this is another problem. You can the social justice movement yes. says, wait a minute, there's a disproportionate disproportionate percentage of prisoners who are african-american and we need to have proportionality yes this is the social justice thinking so that if 60 percent of the public is white we need 60 percent of the prisoners to be white right Mm -hmm. not who's committing the crimes Mm -hmm. who needs the who deserves the punishment so so the social justice movement medium dips say these these uh, young black males can't afford bail, so we don't make them pay bail. Mm-hmm. So we just let them run, and they're repeat offenders. Yes. It's very frustrating because uh-huh. all of this is solvable, primarily if you just had dads in the homes and marriage and family was revered again among us all, Yes. by the way. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. Forty Days for Life President and CEO Sean Carney tells The Stand, we sometimes have a confidence problem when abortion comes up. It all comes down to the fact that people just don't know what to say. That's why he co-wrote the book, What to Say When, and he shares some great advice with The Stand to help you start the process of changing hearts and minds about abortion. You can read Gain Confidence to Champion Life at afa.net slash the stand. The Stand, formerly AFA Journal. Have you heard about the new Bible Museum in Washington, D.C.? Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. I guess it's been open two or three years now, maybe a little longer, but it's one of the premier sites on our trip to Washington, D.C., our spiritual heritage tour in June and September, where we visit the Bible Museum and all the other sites that you are familiar with in Washington, D.C., including George Washington's Mount Vernon Estate. We're also going to go on a separate trip to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. Those tours are back-to-back. If you want to go with us, we're going in June and September. We'd love to have you. Go to the website, spiritualheritagetours.com. Stephen McDowell, my dear friend, will be joining us. He's a historian and president of the Providence Foundation, and he's going to make our trip so much richer by adding commentary and telling us the stories of the people, places, and times. SpiritualHeritageTours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Everyone's goals for advancing their education look different. At Liberty University, we've helped thousands of students like you earn their dream degree. So no matter what your goal is, we can help you get there. With over 450 degrees from the associate to the doctoral level to choose from, most of which are 100% online, you'll find what you need to succeed. To discover which degree might be the best fit for you, text DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. The British Muslim who attacked a Texas synagogue had a long history of extremist behavior. Malik Akram was well known to the British spy agency MI5. He also had an extensive criminal record. So why was this man allowed to set foot on American soil in the first place? That's a question Homeland Security does not appear to be interested in tackling. Was he on a watch list? If not, why? Did anyone raise any red flags? How was he able to get a gun? 
And in this age of the China virus, was he vaccinated? Now, that's a valid question, seeing how Americans who declare religious exemptions to the vaccine are actually put on government watch lists. Maybe the feds were just too busy conducting surveillance on American parents attending school board meetings. Whatever the reason, it's apparently easier for a jihadist to slip into America than it is for an unvaccinated five-year-old to order a Happy Meal in Washington, D.C. What's up with that, America? I'm Todd Stearns. 40 Days for Life President and CEO Sean Carney tells The Stand, we sometimes have a confidence problem when abortion comes up. It all comes down to the fact that people just don't know what to say. That's why he co-wrote the book, What to Say When, and he shares some great advice with The Stand to help you start the process of changing hearts and minds about abortion. You can read Gain Confidence to Champion Life at afa.net slash the stand. The Stand, formerly AFA Journal. But he saves the poor from the sword of their mouth and from the hand of the strong. So the helpless has hope and injustice has shut its mouth. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim Wildman here with Ed Battagliano and Fred Jackson. Do you want to send us an email? The address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Next story, Fred. Yeah, well, it's kind of related to what we've been talking about. Uh, There are a number of Democrats who are now speaking out. Some of them are staying in the Democratic Party. Some of them have left. They're saying they don't recognize today's Democratic Party. They say it's been turned over to the radical left. It's not just people like James Carville uh, who's saying, you know, that we ought to change course here. I was listening this morning to uh, the current mayor of North Las Vegas, who was a Democrat, who's now becoming a Republican, and also a West Virginia uh, delegate, uh, Mick Bates, I believe it is. And both of them are talking about that they have to, the Democratic Party is going to have to change because it's it's becoming irrelevant to mainstream America. Cut three. The Democrats are now leaving that party in droves because of the socialistic agenda that has taken place. There was nowhere for people who thought and felt like I did about the virtues and values and morals of being a, a good American. It was time to leave. They have destroyed the Democratic Party. It used to be a place um, for, for you know, moderate conservatives uh, within the Democratic Party. If you were, um, if you were pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, uh, pro-business, uh, pro-freedom, there was a place for you, but that's an increasingly uncomfortable place to be. And uh, it gets harder and harder to explain away to the, the people that you talk to that you're not one of those kinds of Democrats. Those values that have been put forward just don't represent those values of the people that uh, that live in this part of the world. This is not late breaking news right here. Huh? They just now discovering this, these guys? Well, I I think they were dedicated, but they are not recognizing. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure when they switched parties. Yeah. But it is becoming very clear we have two very distinctive worldviews between the two parties right oh, yeah. now. There yeah. used to be, we talked about this, the, I think it was last week, Tim, when you were away, there used to be some commonality between the two parties. There was a similar worldview. Yeah, there were debates about issues, but there was a similar worldview, yeah. like one of the gentlemen was saying when it came to pro-life issues. Oh, yeah. But uh, now, now yeah. they're miles apart. 
Well, I, w- I would say this too to to your question, um, Tim, uh, about are they just now catching on? Don't forget, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was only elected in 2018, so in in really just about two and a half years, her ideology has just about captured the Democratic Party. There, 2016, you had the Hillary Clinton Democrats in charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, which were traditional, which were more on the traditional more, side, even though they're they're not that far off from I know, the AOC. I, know. I, I don't wing, mean to suggest they they have a good ideology. I'm just saying it's more like yesterday's Democrat Party, uh, big government, liberalism, but not this secular progressive. Ideology. Yeah, I mean, and and think about it this this way too: the defund the police movement. Yeah, that's just the last couple of years. Yeah, so. And in very short order, that group has captured the Democratic Party. And, you know, uh, Joe Biden has only been in office, well, less than a year, just about a, we're just about at a year when he was inaugurated. And in that one year, look at all that he's done here. Here's at, something for you. Just stop and think this. Joe Biden, just a few years ago, would refer to Bernie Sanders as a radical. Yeah. Now, Joe Biden has adopted has endorsed yeah. is promoting Bernie Sanders agenda. That's yeah. what's happened. All the, I think all the, all the pieces were in place for what's happened to the democratic party, but uh, everything has really uh, fallen into place in the radical left's takeover of the democratic party. It does seem sudden to me too. I, I just got, I just got to say, I didn't expect the democratic party to go lurch this far to the left this quickly. Mm. But the AOC wing of the party seems to have it in a death grip. You know, to, uh, what's really interesting, we talked about the uh, election of the Republicans in Virginia uh, in the last couple of days, where, where their agenda is very conservative. And, and what happened in Virginia, many people have said this, is that parents got got fed up. Now, I want, to listen, I, I want you to listen to, this is a, a Facebook posting from the Michigan Democratic Party, talking about parents' rights with their kids. This is what the posting says. The purpose of public education in public schools is not to teach kids only what parents want them to be taught. It is to teach them what society needs them to know. The client of the public school is not the parent, but the entire community, the public. This is what happened in Virginia. But this is the attitude of the Democratic Party. Kind of goes to Hillary. It takes a village. Yeah. Remember that planting of that idea? Right. That your children do not belong to you? There was a revolt in Virginia, and it resulted in a change of things here. And I think what we're seeing to the Democratic Party nationally, what was reflected in that Gallup poll in the last few days, is exactly what happened in Virginia. I think there is a revolt out there. And and let me just toss this in, too. in 1968, Richard Nixon ran for the presidency against Hubert Humphrey and called upon the silent majority. Now, the Democratic Party at that point in time was also going towards soft on crime, rights for the criminals, not to the victims. That cost the Democrats for 20 years, that, that soft on crime approach. But Richard Nixon called upon what he said in that famous speech of his, the silent majority to support him. Mm. Well, you know what? That was in the day of newspapers. That was in the day of three major networks. That was it. Mm -hmm. Um, Silent majority is not so silent anymore because 
there are plenty of ways to get news. You think this 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 crime that was committed against this poor girl, Brianna Kupfer, um, this brutal, unspeakable murder. You don't think almost everyone in the country know, doesn't doesn't know about that, right? That we all know about it. Yes, and that is going to make these kinds of revolts, like we saw in Virginia, I think, happen much more quickly than it happened uh, at the end of the '60s. Yeah. Next story. Well, this is something that you sent out last evening, Tim. It's very interesting. This is a Heartland Institute and Rasmussen uh, poll. Yeah. 45% of Democrats approve of sending unvaccinated to designated facilities. This is another thing that, that, that shows this worldview coming apart between the two parties. Almost half of Democrats that were polled believe in locking you up if you're unvaccinated. This is, this is the kind of thinking well, in China. Put, you might, they would, if the, they were given truth serum, and it doesn't take much to give that crowd truth uh, serum. To speak huh? up. They, they'll speak <laughs> up. They don't need truth serum. They'll, they'll, uh, they want to put you in camps because you're a Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they would if they could. Mm-hmm. I've said that before, and I really believe that. They've talked, huh? What was it, Bernie Sanders' uh, campaign guy in Iowa was caught off mic saying uh, we need to round them up, right? The Christians it, and re-education Trump voters, what he called them, yeah, mm-hmm. put them in re-education camps. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that the same guy who said take their kids away? One of them, one of them said, yeah, take their kids. That's away how from they, that's how these folks think. Yeah, and they're not a, they're not a majority of Americans, obviously, but you tell a substantial uh, what percentage of Democrat voters? Forty five percent. Uh, and this is Rasmussen. This is a reputable polling firm. Mm-hmm. What was the question? The question was, do you approve of sending unvaccinated to, quote, designated facilities? Right. Well, 29% of those Democratic voters said, take their kids away. Yeah. That's yeah. almost yeah. one yeah, out of take three. Kids away yeah. Because they're unvaccinated. Right. Yes. By the way, how's that vaccine working out for them? <laughs> oh, just wonderful. I just need a, a daily update. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Like, it's not uh, working very well. Well, no, no it's not working not very well. It's not working at all. Not on yes, against on the Omicron, Omicron right. variant. I don't know what they're going to do with that information. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if Biden's going to come out today at this press conference and say this is a what do you call it? A uh, pandemic of the unva- unvaccinated. He's probably going to go. This is a pandemic of the un. Never mind that point. Let's move <laughs> on to the next point because uh, that's just such garbage now, yeah. and everybody knows it. All right, you're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Uh, if you want to watch the watch on the internet, go to Facebook or YouTube. Type in today's issues. If you want to send us an email, go to comments at afr. dot net. Well, in studio with us now is Stephen Bolt, my friend from Nashville. Well, there's only one Nat. Well, there's more than one Nashville, but the big Nashville in Tennessee. And uh, Stephen is in town. He did. Uh, a devotion for our staff this morning, and uh, he has been a longtime friend of our ministry here and personal friend, and uh, welcome. Brother. Thank you. Thank you much, Fred, Ed, T. 
Tim. So Nashville, you didn't try to make it in the country music business, did you? Or, huh? <laughs> no, okay. everybody else did, uh, not me. <laughs> Half the people in town oh try to make it in to yes. get their break. Yes, <laughs> I just need to be discovered. <laughs> <laughs> it's on everybody's resume. I guarantee you, it's at the bottom. Right. Songwriter. <laughs> right. Just give me a chance. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, listen, it, it is listen music. to this tape. <laughs> it is. It is Music City, USA. Uh, well, Stephen, you got uh, your your career spans several decades now. But you you uh, you sent me your story. It's in a book called "It's More Than Just a Race," uh, and it's uh, your career was uh, your athletic career, and it's uh, I don't know I don't want to say your. Well, you are. You're past your prime. I'm just come out. <laughs> I'm just going to come out and say what we all think and know. This is uh, on Steven. radio. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I know. Uh, but no, you you were a, uh, a long distance runner in high school and then college at the University of Alabama, and then you had uh, you you were very competitive, uh, if not, and you won a lot of races at the highest level of collegiate uh, in in Division One sports had an opportunity to go to the olympics uh the olympic trials at least and perhaps qualify for the olympics you, i mean you had a great career for what two decades in uh, that sport going on four okay had sponsorships you ran professionally and all that so that's that's i just wanted people to know when you when you have a title to your book called it's more than just a race that's the backdrop that's it that's the backdrop that here so have you always been a believer um, yes, I have. Okay. Um, I grew up, y'all were talking earlier, by the way, what a great show. It's just so much fun sitting we in the green room. We get that a lot. Just, <laughs> we appreciate it. Thank you for your just, honesty. Yeah. So, yeah no, you just keep it coming. Keep it coming. As Jay Jasper would I, say. I didn't even want to interrupt it. I mean, <laughs> I was having so much fun, but, um, yeah, no, my parents, uh, raised me Missouri Synod Lutheran and. That's a um, denomination. For those who don't know, <laughs> it is okay. And, it's not a cult, uh, and that's a conservative, right? It's a, it's that's right. why I pointed it out, right? Yeah. Because it's right. the very conservative. conservative, yeah. Yes, and uh, so, so no, I, I always grew up in the faith, right? And um, you know, as the saying goes, whenever church was un- the church doors were unlocked, we were in there, and yeah. uh, Sunday school, vacation Bible school, all the rest of it, and uh, and I've always I've always been passionate about that, and I've read a lot. Luther's works and stuff like that. And so, no, I've always been a believer. Yeah. Now, how did you get, uh, with our limited time here, there's only so much we can talk about, but uh, in terms of your career, uh, why did you write, why did you write this? And where can people access it? And it's just not for for people who are runners or athletes. It's for everybody. Go ahead. It's for everybody. And it is for runners, too. There are runners' tips yes, in there. Yes. So if you're a high school athlete, even a collegiate athlete, I would recommend picking up a copy. The website is It's More Than Just a Race. ITS, it's more than just a race.com. Now, it, how close did you get to the Olympics? <laughs> and and we're talking about the 80, 1980 Am I right? And Correct. 84. And 84. You had two opportunities. Yes. That's usually the window for yes. athletes. There's a couple of different uh, – it's yes. rare that you're have, you see these guys and ladies do three. Right. So you – but you did I, – I just say, I'm just saying that because you were right there in that world class. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And um, so – As as a marathoner, right? 
Well, as a long distance, I was, how do you, I was have... you know, we kind of talked a little bit about this this morning. Yeah. But I was the first American to break the four minute mile and run a marathon under two hours and 15 minutes. So the first Olympic trials that I went after was in the 5,000 meters. The second one was in the marathon. Okay. 5,000 meters is how far compared to how 3.2 miles. Okay. Uh, wow, that's a big difference between th- three, yes. three miles and 20. I don't have to tell you which, that. Which is why I'm kind of weird because... Yeah, because <laughs> you usually don't have guys who run marathons uh-uh. also run that length. No, 3, no, no. So, no, but they were they were great races. The first one um, was at Tom Black Track. It was the regional yeah. qualifications um, at University of Tennessee, and I came in second. Um, my Had you come in first... Well, my understanding, yeah. I don't know this yeah. for a fact, but my understanding is the guy who came in first and the guy who came in behind me both made the trials. I did not. The Olympic trials. The Olympic trials. And then... And well, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. Did you tell him? Uh, <laughs> best I could. Okay. Uh, it's, it's kind of a big... So that was an 80. That was an 80. So you got your gut ripped out mm-hmm. because that was what you were shooting for with the Olympics and you, and you don't mm-hmm. even get an opportunity to go... You should have, right? By the by, right. your scores. But can, can I ask a question here? No, just, just no, you can't. <laughs> I'm doing this interview. And, That's my uh, only question. I, I meant I meant to catch you after devotions this morning to ask you this yeah. too. But they don't they don't still do that for qualifying for the Olympics, do they? Where they just select you? Don't they have like races where you yeah. compete? Yeah. And so whoever wins the top couple Correct. of spots goes because Correct. that could be political. What happened to you? It could be. Could could uh, be. You'll never you'll never know that. But for you'll sure. never know because you I'll weren't given know. a chance yeah. to. But the worst one was the next one. Eighty four. Eighty four. So um, I had gone to England in eighty two and won a marathon over there outside London, and got an invitation to go back in eighty four. So um, so I go back and it's about the same time as the Olympic trials. So the Olympic trials are like let's just say June. And the marathon's in, in April. Well, if you're going to run a, a marathon at that level, you only have like three of them in you in a year. So I'm like, oh, I'll just go to England and I'll use that as my qualifying time, which is only two hours and 20 minutes. I mean, it sounds silly for me to say it that way now, but back then I was in great shape. And so I knew I could do it. Right before I left, I got a call. The USOC had withdrawn the sanction for that race. You needed that. I had. I mean, you, you, I needed had the, you needed the race to be sanctioned for those who don't understand how this yes. works, so that you could use it as a qualifier for the Olympic trials. Correct. Correct. And I did not have another option. You're over there when they tell you this. No, I had not yet. Okay. Left. You had not left. Okay. Not left. But I had. I had won before two years yeah. earlier, and so they had all these flags in town with my silhouette on them. And I had made the cover of their running magazine. Because running is a big deal. In, in it's a very big deal. Very big. Yes, in Europe and in, in, in England. And uh, so I just felt obligated to go. So I thought, okay, this is probably my last chance, but I'm going to go there and do what I told those people I was going to do. Hmm. But That's character. <laughs> Excuse me. But because you chose to follow that commitment, you missed out on an opportunity to stay home and enter a race in Birmingham, Alabama, that you could have used for a qualifier. That is correct. So that would, that is correct. I would have I would have chose I would have probably chose the, I would have probably chose that. I'll be honest with you. That was a but you had a commitment. What what your point is? 
In all seriousness, and I didn't mean to say you couldn't ask a question yet a while ago. So I think you did mean to well, say I, it. Well, I'll get emails and calls and letters paying, Tim was rude to Ed. I'm not supporting y'all anymore. Uh, I got that the other day. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. They said, quit being rude to Steve Jordahl. I'm not writing checks anymore to your ministry. That was just one. Okay. But it bothered me. Folks, that's all because we're. Up. <laughs> because if you listen to this show, we, you know. There's that, a lot of back and uh, forth. Yeah, yeah. We're just all right, messing so, with each uh, other. You have it. Your overall message in this book is is a Christian message, correct? Uh, much so. So, uh, talk about that. Why should people get this book? Well, what I did was I went back through my life, and it just kind of happened. I've written three other books, as you'll see on the website, but this one, I don't know. I'd come home from work in the evenings, and I'd just sit down and I'd I'd write about one of the stories, right. one of my running right. stories, and. Um, and uh, and then I, I, I kept going and kept going and kept going. And I thought, wow, each one of these says something. There is a lesson. Sometimes it's athletic. A lot of times it's just metaphorical for all of us running our own race right. in life. That's the whole point of the book. And um, so I got together with uh, Dr. Tom King, a um, Ph.D. psychiatrist who um, good, good friend of mine and a pastor. And I had him do a devotion for each one of the stories that I told. So there's about 21 stories and 21 little devotionals in there, but it's about all of us running our own race. And we've already won the crown of life, but the Apostle Paul talks a lot about running and a lot about boxing and athletics. And so it's a way for me to kind of mix the two together. Yeah. So where, where can people get the book? It's more than just a race.com. It's actually an amazon.com uh, platform. But uh, I would recommend going to the website. It's more than just a race.com. And obviously, you're in the Alabama State Sports Hall of Fame. Let me ask you something about running that only probably runners can understand. Because I just remember I was a, I was a basketball guy mm-hmm. in, in my prime, high school. It didn't go beyond that. That was my prime right there. <laughs> I had about a four- or five-year window. from, But uh, – and I just remember after basketball practice, our coach made us run wind sprints after practice. And uh, anybody who's played basketball knows what I'm talking about. If you play suicide, you know, junior, huh? Suicide. Yeah. And you're just, that's cruel to do that to people. But coaches, <laughs> but not do, unusual. The coaches do it anyway. But the reason they do it is because they want you in shape for the fourth quarter. Right. In real games when it really matters. And, but you don't appreciate that when you're gassed and you feel like you're about to die because you don't have any oxygen left right. in your lungs. My question is, you're talking about, in your, in your particular events, Stephen, at long-distance running, which I would – would you say long-distance running is defined as anything over what, a mile? Um, uh, mile is categorized as a middle distance. So, okay. Um, yeah. Well, I'm just saying that uh, you that in that sport – you you enjoy uh, the challenge of your lungs collapsing. <laughs> huh? I, I was I'm trying to sure keep your lungs. With the, well, the you know what I'm saying. It, there's, there's, I'm, I'm saying that's a, and you talk about a, you know, if you've got a team sport, you've got uh, teammates. You've got uh, maybe even a crowd to watch the game on Friday night. You talk about a, an individual sport, be it tennis or golf or uh, long-distance running, or even track and field almost of any event, 
you talk about you're by yourself basically in the, in the mind and you've got to motivate yourself and you're out there. I mean, that's just, uh, I, I don't know what I'm saying exactly that. I just admire people who can compete in those kinds of activities and excel like that. Well, thank Go. you very much. And, um, there is something to be said, I think for anybody in any profession or any sport, who is so focused on what they're doing. And we all do that, whether yeah. we're in an engineer, whether radio or whatever yeah. it is. And yes, in running, um, I was, I'm going to take issue with the word you used, enjoy. It was not <laughs> enjoyable. But I you kept had, doing it. I did. And so I've had you had 13, to enjoy it to some level. 13 surgeries on my left knee, one on my right, okay. I severed Achilles tendon. Um, I, uh, there was a newspaper article that was done, and the reporter put in there that he watched me after a marathon literally pull the skin off the bottom of my feet mm. um, because that's what you go through. Um, but, mm. but yeah, the, for me, it was just, it still is. I can't do that anymore. But the idea of being focused on what you want to accomplish, yeah. and you're not going to let anything get in the way. And, and that's what Paul is talking about in Scripture is be focused on your race. Right. Don't let anything get right. in the way. Right. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you, Stephen, for joining us. My pleasure. Shake My your pleasure. hand there, brother. And uh, Stephen R. Bolt, B-O-L-T, joining us in studio. And I just found When's your next concert? Uh, <laughs> so we started off the... Yeah. <laughs> See oh, what I have to on. Everybody, with? everybody asks about Usain. Are you the dad of Usain? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started you the on Jamaican? that one. I, I have all kinds of answers. The Jamaican that. sprinter? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, anyway. All right, folks, we're uh, coming up on a break right here. You're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Uh, Fred, you ever run any? Did you run track and field? I did not. Mine was hockey. But you know, you were talking about sprints. Yeah, we do that kind of thing in hockey. They get you to one end of the rink. You start out fast, and you drop to your knees up, drop to your knees up, drop to your knees up. That, that's the equivalent of mm-hmm. uh, what do you call yeah, them? Suicides. 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 Yeah, many many practices saw players kind of over the boards and getting rid of breakfast. Eve Ho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. What was the point of hitting your knees? That's because you've got to get legs. back up quickly. Yeah. Oh, when you you get knocked to the ice, you got to okay. get back up. Get back up quickly. The you. legs feed the wolf, gentlemen. That's that's a hockey. Is that a hockey saying? Is that a country song? That's a that's a hockey saying. The legs. Herb, Herb Brooks, who who uh, coached the nineteen eighty hockey uh, U.S. hockey team. Okay. The legs feed the wolf. Uh, I have no idea what that means, people. Maybe you do. <laughs> we'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. 